Good morning, men. I am here with Steve Manette, and uh, we are resuming Chapter 2 of our 4x4 C3 men's groups, and we're really looking forward to this new chapter. It's going to be a little um, a little more ethereal in that we are covering some pretty, pretty heady topics. Uh, we wanted to really kind of dive into something that would require us to to deal in, in some of the uh, the heart issues. We're going to talk about life and death and Jesus and destiny and uh, some difficult topics that we often don't think about, but we're really we're really looking forward to. So this morning we're going to dive into the topic of destiny. And uh, Steve, I can't help but think of the uh, the 1985 movie Back to the Future. Uh, the classic line, you know, the one I'm talking about? You are my density. You are my density, yeah. Um, <laughs> Marty McFly is trying to win uh, the, the day, win the girl, get his first kiss, and uh, he, he declares, you are my density. Well, it wasn't Marty. It was his dad. Oh, that's right. So he was yeah. trying to get his dad to... to, to <laughs> we don't want to think too deeply about it. I know, but okay. it, uh, Marty was... It was interesting, uh, as we think about destiny, Marty was trying to influence destiny yeah by helping his dad overcome his fear of talking to girls yeah yeah which he eventually does and you know when i think about that you are my density versus you are my destiny i there's something about the difference between those two words density just feels to me so measurable objective absolute but (laughs) destiny feels unknowable and subjective and always changing kind of elusive and when I, over the past three decades, when I talk to, to men about purpose in life and their meaning and passions and calling and all that, I'm usually met with confusion and apathy and frustration. And rarely is there a, a clarity of a, a sense of a resolute conviction of this is what I, this is what I was made for. This is what I'm called to. And uh, it's kind of interesting because when you think about destiny, there's really two sides of this. One is that kind of hidden power to, that, that one might believe that I can, I can change the future. I will make the future happen. And the other is that sense that we have been made for something bigger than us. We exist to matter. And it's not just the sum of what we eat. Thank, thank goodness for that. Totally. And there, but there's this there's a future orientation to destination and, and almost a preordained unstoppable path. Oh, you just did a word thing. I did. You said you were thinking, talking destiny. You said destination. This, <laughs> those two words have some root, 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 root roots in there. They do. And it kind of, kind of taps into where are we going? Where are we going? What are we destined for? And so, I, and when you think about destiny, to, for me, it feels so complicated and heady and uh, destiny. What are you talking about? Who knows their destiny and how, how do you develop that? And is that something that's, that you can develop? But the irony is it's really actually when we're young, it's the simplest thing in the world. You don't have to teach your children to try and matter, to try and mature. They are, they are you know, thinking about how, how to walk and how to run and how to uh, be important in their, in their world. And so in the context of uh, destiny, I think as, as we are early, early on in our development, 
it feels like I don't have to train for that. It comes out of me naturally. What comes out of me naturally at that age is to dream, mm. is to believe and to think about, I, I, I should matter. And, uh, you know, as we get older, we begin to either it gets beat out of us or we just stop kind of dreaming, stop thinking about destiny. And as a man, when I'll, when I'll, uh, in a counseling context, when I'll talk to a man and he's not doing well, when I talk about dreaming or, or destiny, they feel like it's such an irre- irrelevant question. Well, and I think it's because, um, life demands a response. And so I know for me, um, I tend to be a, if I look and kind of think back on recent life, uh, I'm doing a lot of reacting. Um, life's coming at me. I mean, uh, with COVID and, and, and trying to, you know, run a small business and trying to be a good dad and a good father and a good churchman. And, you know, there's just a lot of things that are coming at me and I'm, I find myself being reactive. And when you're in that reactive mode, you almost, this defensive posture, it's really hard to slow down for a second and reflect and get back to this point where you're, you're dreaming or you're thinking about what could be because you're so concerned about with what is. Yeah. What did you, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh man, since second grade, I wanted to be an aerospace engineer and that (laughs) came to me because, um, I enjoyed building paper airplanes. Uh, my mom got me a paper airplane book and I started making paper airplanes and really enjoyed building them and tweaking them and trying to see, you know, how I could, you know, build a plane that could do loops or stay aloft the longest. Or I just remember, uh, going through reams and reams of paper trying to build paper airplanes. And she looked at me one day and she said, I think you uh, might want to be an aerospace engineer. I had no idea what that was. Hmm. It sounded cool. Um, but when I looked it up and learned that an aerospace engineer is somebody who designs aircraft, or that's one of the things that they can do, I thought, yeah, that sounds really cool. And so that's where I set my sights. And so from second grade on, I wanted to be an aerospace engineer. And what's interesting is that um, through college, that was my goal. But when I got done with my bachelor degree, I, I abandoned it. Mm. I said, I'm tired, and I don't want to do school anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I went to work. And I, and today I don't design aircraft as you probably know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not an aerospace engineer, <laughs> maybe paper ones. Well, I yeah. wanted, I wanted to be a ski racer, maybe a motocross racer, but I, you know, I, early on, I, I wanted to race and the two things I didn't want to be was one was a doctor because I had a lot of friends that had dads that were doctors and they they had such poor relationships with their dads. And so for whatever reason, I just thought, I don't want that. And the second thing, ironically, was I didn't want to be a pastor because all the pastors I knew were, uh, were boring. And I didn't want my life to be boring. And so when you, when you think about this process of moving from adolescent to adult, there's, there's a good chance that somewhere along the line you stop dreaming you stop hoping something kind of gets either in your case kind of um, the tiredness sets in Um, achievability may seem a little elusive Uh, in my case you know it's it was constantly now grow up just grow up there's racing that's no just grow up 
And so we can begin to stop dreaming and stop hoping and come on, be realistic. And, and I think, um, I think there is something to that, but I also think that God doesn't want us to stop dreaming, especially when it comes to that sense of we are created for a purpose, something bigger than us. Well, and I, I think that there's a difference between things that we decide we want to do and what Scripture talks about is destiny. And so it uh, makes me think of the Princess Bride. <laughs> Nigel Montoya said uh, his his destiny was to find the six-fingered man and kill him. And when he did, he realized something very profound. He said, well, what am I going to do with my life now? Hmm. He was middle age. He had a whole, whole many years to go, and he, he found himself stuck thinking about, um, because he had dedicated his life to finding this guy and taking care of him, revenging, yeah. avenging his dad. Yeah. And I think there's a sense of um, when we when we come up with stuff that we want to do, and in my case, it was actually something that my mom put in me. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it wasn't even my dream. Maybe it was just a good idea. Right. And um, but then when we talk about scripture, God holds something out in front of us that is unattainable and yet deserves pursuit. An eternity with Him apart from the, the fallen world that we experience today, is something that is incredible yeah. and, and lovely and wonderful and, and fun to think about, um, and that is not ever going to end. I mean, we, we'll get there one day, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop once we do. Yeah. And so the idea that we, as mortals, as, as people, think about, the future and maybe what we want to be or what we want to do or how we want to get there. That's one aspect of destiny. That's one aspect of the future. And, um, and I think that it's important to, to distinguish that between what God holds up as, as the destiny he has for us. Yeah. And I, I think of uh, Solomon, I think of the scripture saying, you know, I, I cannot help but think that of the word meaningless in context with hopefulness or purposefulness or destiny because they're they're interrelated and here's a guy Solomon who the Hebrews referred to as the wisest man that ever lived and he's got everything he's got power political power money women he's got in in every sense of the word he has he's not short of resources to achieve his destiny and yet uh, you know I think uh the word meaningless is used, I think, 38 times in the Bible. 35 of those are in the book of Ecclesiastes. And he starts the book with meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. And then 11 chapters later, near the conclusion of the book, he says meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. And then the chapters in between are all dead-end attempts to find meaning, pleasure, empty, ambition, uh, work into the ground, exhausted, empty, wealth, power, fame, etc. And so I, when you think about having the opportunity, because I think a lot of men think, well, if I had more money, if I had more power, if I had a better job, if I had a different wife, if I had if, 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 then potentially I could, I could 
attain my destiny. And yet here's the guy who had all those things. And he's, speak, he's using words like meaningless. It wasn't until chapter 12 that he kind of concludes with the twist of the story and basically saying that everything is meaningless apart from a life outside of God, having a, having a personal uh, life-changing relationship with God. And I, I, man, that resonates so, so well with me. Um, I just think about the, the idea of, of us here on earth and it being so temporary and the things that we can conceive, the things that we can experience, the things that we um, have in front of us are here now, not to be guaranteed tomorrow. And yet God continues to talk about eternal things. And it's just so hard for me at times to wrap my head around the potential as, as it is from God's perspective. You know, he's, he's all-powerful. He, he created me for a purpose. Now, has he revealed that purpose to me yet? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I mean, he has ordered my steps up to this point. He will continue to order my steps. And what he's done so far has given me a wife and kids and uh, a, a business to run and, you know, things uh, uh, that life has brought to me, that he has brought to me. And so at some level I can say, okay, here's what he has had for me thus far. But when we think about that potential, that what could be, and we don't include God in that equation, it just seems empty. It just seems small. Yeah. And so I think it, uh, the, the idea of dreaming with God in the equation, opens our souls up to his potential, not necessarily our yeah. potential. I think that's what Solomon was getting at, is that we tend to think about our potential apart from God. Right. And what he has said, and what he, the wisest man in the world says that's all folly. It's all meaningless. Yeah. You know, when, you, <laughs> when I'll talk to men about this topic of destiny they kind of shake their head and smile and you know it's like well i'm i'm destined for squat you know destiny is big and i'm small and destiny is important and i am not and destiny is great and i am weak and and i think i i can't help but think of you know you mentioned the aeronautics the the bumblebee you know the bumblebee the aerodynamics and physics of the bumblebee is such that it should not fly, but it does. And there's no scientific reason why it should, but it can. And I wonder how many <laughs> bugs have told the bumblebee, you can't. It's never going to happen. Quit now. Save yourself all the embarrassment. And, uh, and yet they fly. And I, I think of even my own life with regards to meaning and having a sense of peace and purpose and hope and being able to actually the privilege of giving your life away in a loving relationship. That's like the bumblebee. I shouldn't be able to do that. I should be utterly consumed with myself and yet I can give my life away. Um, so there's a context of living out our destiny that sometimes I, I feel like we, we dead end it with the concept of, well, I, I just, I can't, I'm, I'm not, designed for that and yet i think the scripture's clear that we are all designed to have a, a destiny yeah and i think i think as you as we as we get to that place where we go i can't 
it's important to embrace that. Because, well, I guess what I was saying before is that I can't, but he can. And I think he's, he's proven that over and over again in my life. And Scripture talks about it all the time, is that apart from him, we can't. And so when we don't include him in these thoughts, we don't include him in the dreams that we have, uh, it, it really can get kind of depressing. Yeah. It really can get empty. <clears throat> and uh, so the, the, the thing that I've been thinking on, and God's kind of got me to this reflective place, and I don't know if it's the turn of the year or just where I am in life, but he's really taking me down this journey of really taking stock of who I am in light of who he is. And uh, he talked about potential, and I, I, I'm one of those guys that I don't know really what he has for me. I think that there's something more. I think that there's something still to come. I got that sense, but I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And there's that tension. Um, there's a part of me that wants to be impatient, that wants to be uh, knowledgeable, that wants to be in on the secret and get prepared for it and get excited about it. But there's another part of me that, uh, I'm one of those people that loves to be surprised. Mm. I hate to know what my Christmas presents are ahead of time. <laughs> it's really hard when you share an Amazon account with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like being surprised. And so there's a part of me that, that can't wait to know and be surprised about what God has, has for me. But there's that tension because um, I'm also a planner, and I want to make sure that I'm, I've got space in my life for it to come. And, and again, all those things are folly. If we don't allow him the space in our heart to do what he wants to do and the wondrous things that, that we can't even imagine. And so yeah. I think it's just a really, really important. I've said it over and over again, but when we have the opportunity to dream, we cannot, we must not make those dreams confined to what we can achieve mm-hmm. or to what even those with the help of those around us can achieve. Mm-hmm. So easy to do. And for me, because I kind of, my very nature is kind of that of a ski racer. I kind of go for it, and then I'm tired, and I go for it. And, and we can be kind of consumed in the moment of, I'm going to achieve my destiny by going for it. And then I had a, a dear friend say, you know, it's so important to live for every moment, but it's equally important to make sure you don't live only for this moment. And some of us have forgotten that there is a, destiny. There is a path that's bigger than us, achievable in our intimate and profound relationship with God. And uh, let's, let's conclude there. I really want this time for our four by four groups to do dialogue over the concept of what does it mean to have a destiny? Do you believe you have a destiny? What do you want to do when you grow up? Do you still dream? Do you still engage? It is so easy to stop engaging, stop hoping because we learn quickly, we don't always get what we hope and it's hoped for and it's painful. So I just assume not hope. So let us conclude there. Men, engage, have fun, talk about this deeply, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys.